and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, joining me is my trusty sidekick, Ben Clark, uh, Luke Stain, and the one of us that has ever scored a World Cup podium, uh, Marcel Mathis. On the pod this week, we'll look back at another soft snow series for the men in Hinterstoda while the women braved the slopes in La Tuile, Italy. Uh, boys, it's a full house this uh, week. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Marcel, as you haven't been on with us this season, how you doing? Yeah, good. Great to be back. I've missed you guys. Highlights of the season so far? It's actually really interesting. Um, Pinterel! <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously Pinterel is doing really well. Um, no, but I think it's it's uh, definitely better than the last couple of years, isn't it? Um, with all the different winners, yeah. everyone is like having the moment to shine um, rather than always here being on the podium. So I guess it's, uh, it's really interesting this season. Yeah, another, yeah, others ready to shine. None of them Austrian. How is that going down on uh, back on home snow? Um, I mean, I'm not home very much, but I, uh, from what I read on the news, it's not going down very well. Yeah. I think the, it's on. They're on fire. Um, people are getting a bit uh, impatient with them, which is understandable. Like, I mean, seven years of winning everything and then no one's doing anything. I think um, it's homemade um, by the Austrians. That's yeah. for sure. But I think it's a tough situation for them. Any yeah. chance of a comeback? Yeah, yeah. But, um, has your phone been ringing? Mate, my, I still have like a torn ACL, so I need to, I need to. Uh, have that <laughs> but they still want you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so uh, yeah, Austrians in a bit of a tricky transition period, but um, they managed to pull one out of the bag in the Super G, didn't they? Kriegmeier winning in front of an ecstatic home crowd, Caviezel in second, and uh, Matthias Meyer picking up the third place in the Super G. I don't know, I actually have mixed feelings about the weekend in Hinterstoda. I love that piece because I think it's epic. It has everything. Steeps, rolls, a little bit of a flat at the top, a lot of flat at the bottom. So it brings out so many different skills. But the snow was so soft. It just turned into... I, I feel like through the whole weekend it just turned into a bit of a, a bib fest. The, the guys on course did what they could. They salted the hell out of it. It was plus five degrees. There's not a lot you can do with plus five degrees. So I feel like it, we were robbed of what could have been like a real epic battle of a weekend. I did say when we were doing our picks last week, it was dangerous for none of us to pick an Austrian. And then there were two on the podium uh, in, in, the same, in the same race. Um, but it was good to see uh, Kriegmeier looking a lot more like himself and Matthias Meyer, who hasn't really been on top form since he was ill after absolutely smashing one of the downhills earlier yeah. uh, in, in the season. But yeah, they, uh, some of the either crashes or near crashes that people were having in that soft snow. Um, so the, the, the big name that suffered the most was probably Kilda. Absolutely. Um, 0.46 up, wasn't it? Was, yeah, it looked in complete control. And then it looked like his boot almost buckled. It was so soft in that soft snow. Uh, obviously, he's a huge, put the, all of his power down at once. And the boot just looked like it almost gave way. Like I said. Yeah, a combination of your everything. Like hit a little bit of a hole, soft snow. Just went down. Most awkward looking crash, actually. It was a really weird. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It'll be on YouTube, obviously, like everything is. Um, but it was really cool. You mean like, Eurosport player? Euro, Eurosport like, employee, Ed Drake. Yeah, yes, yeah. Eurosport player. Go to it. <laughs> buy it. Buy it. Plug, tweet them asking them, I should be doing more races. <laughs> I do. Um, no, but the, yeah, it was a, it was a, an awkward looking crash, and the Kilder actually picked up a bit of a knee twang. Yeah, he tweeted about it after the race, saying he'd, he'd hurt his knee, but he'd still race. In the in the combined, which he, which he did do, but clearly hampered a little bit. But you need to adapt, right? I mean, that's what's exciting about a World Cup is yeah. different conditions, and obviously skiing speed and soft stuff isn't isn't easy. But I think it really shows who the all rounders are and, and and their ability to yeah, you're adapt exactly right. on the day, um, especially on a hill like that. How many blind ridges are there? Six, something, something like that. that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and and so I think it's really important to, you know. Kilda is in a tough spot because he's head on the leaderboard, not anymore, um, which we'll talk about. But, you know, he, he basically just had to finish. And you could see him, he was just yeah, but he had, smashing the edges. On, yeah, but on, I think he, he had to go for it, right? There's there's two speed races left in Norway. The after, You know, post this weekend of races, there were two speed races left before finals. There's two tech races left after this weekend before finals. Um, and he was leading the overall and it was a great opportunity for him to to pull out a bit of a lead on Pantero 
over this weekend. Pantrowski incredibly well in the speed disciplines. Uh, uh, but but Kilda has almost... I don't, he's not thrown it away because... It, because Pantro has been skiing so well so consistently, certainly through the, the latter, the second half of this season, because the beginning of the season he was up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. But, um, but you, you can't say that Kildas gifted it to him because that's not the case. He but didn't do what he needed to do. No, but, in, but he was half a second up. And it, it was he basically had to get, you know, ski down and he would have picked up, you know, he could have been in the top 10 mm. virtually, you know, skiing at half pace down there. But just... I don't know, was it pressure? I don't think so. I think it was just unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, same with Drazen, right? They had, it was at the same gate. Like, I think it was just unlucky. But then, thinking about it, I think Kilde was the most consistent racer this whole season. Like, yeah. He, he did really well. I think I had a look at, the, at his points in the previous years, and this is by far the best one. So he has really stepped up his game after, like, last couple of seasons being because he's back on the tough topic, for him. Back on the Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that. But <laughs> <laughs> and is, is it the first season he skied GS? No, no, he skied GS, but um, he's he's, it's consistently it. like we talked about right at the beginning of the year. You've got because there's no Hirscher this year. You've got loads of guys skiing three disciplines. Whether you did slalom GS and super G, or whether you did downhill super G and GS, you've got all of a sudden you've got these guys going. Well, I've got a real shot at taking the overall here, and it was yeah. the first chance that a downhiller or a speed skier. That could win the overall for uh, for a series. I mean, obviously, eight years of Hirscher winning, but I can't mm. remember who the guy before was. Somebody, somebody will tell us. But uh, in terms of a speed skier, it's been such a long time because you have got twelve slaloms on the program. You know, you have got more GSs and slaloms on the program than you do have speed races. But Kilda, all of a sudden, was looking like the guy that was going to take it. And I think you know, picks up a podium in the Super G, and I think he's probably favourite to have the title come the end of the season. DNF. And he's almost, almost, you know, out of it. He's still young. Oh no! In terms for this season. No, sure, sure, sure. Um, but the thing, actually, I was wanting to ask you guys was, why on earth has Christofferson decided at the last Alpine combined of the season to go? Do you know what? Maybe I could pick up some points in this discipline. <laughs> What's what is the you know what about the rest of the season? Why would you? If you're Christofferson, who's got a real shot at the overall, and he has done from day one, why hasn't he gone, do you know what, uh, I might try one of these Alpine combines before the last Alpine combine of the year, where he's looking to, you know, picks up a 20-something in, twenty high 20s in the Super G, so picks up some points there. Alpine combine, he throws the skis on, picks up some more points. It's like, well, if you were con- really considering the overall, why has it taken you till beginning of March well. to do something else? He probably presumed that without Hersher, he'd just win all the slaloms and all the GSs like Hersher used to do. Well, and you don't need to do any of the other races then. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, everyone else has been tripping over each other and no one's really stamped their dominance on the You're not on the first the person to say that, actually. I mean, but then it's that... It's, it sounds a bit harsh, but that's, that's pretty big for your boots, right? Just going to go, well, I don't need to do it. But you know what? I, I think like... He, I don't think he's a, a super G skier or a, like a speed skier. He might make some points, but there is always the question: Are you going to invest that time in rest and training rather than doing like a whole week of, of speed skiing before a super combined? So I think it's not. It's probably not the worst decision from his hand. Now, now I like obviously fires back on him, but I think if he would do a bit more consistency in like. Giant slalom and slalom would be probably a good choice. Yeah, but he's over, you know he picked up. I can't remember where he was in the um, Alpine combined. He's eleventh, I think. Yeah, so you know that's a that's a lot of points. You know, you've, there's yeah, twenty four points. You know, you, you're not necessarily going to want to go and do Vengen because Vengen's a downhill Alpine combined. It's got some big jumps, and then if you're not used to that, that's, you know that's legit. That's not something that you can uh, that you can go and do. But the other ones, where where was the other one? Bormio. Uh, Bormio. You know, that's a decent, you know, it's a tough Super G hill. So it's a technical Super G hill. And surely these, the slalom guys, look at Pantero on a technical hill. He, you know, is legit in there for a podium on a technical yeah. hill. And there's no reason that, you know, he, Christopherson might not be podiuming on a tough G, Super G hill, but he can certainly top 15 on a, t- on a technical Super G hill because of his giant style and pedigree. And for me, it just seems like a real, like, you know, throw away a bunch of points where actually now, you know, you pick up a hundred or so points in 
whether it's Super G or Alpine combined over the whole season not obviously one race not talking that he's going to win them but if you all of a sudden that's an extra 100 points and and, and you're you know right up there for the overall at the moment it's, it's Pantero's really it'll be interesting to see if he changes that um, strategy for next season if he decides right I'm, I'm going to ski the combines a bit more for next season yeah, I mean, I mean... He's quite small, though, isn't he? Like, in terms of the size of some of these guys, I mean, Pantro looks like a much larger, like, man to be taken. Well, he looks the, like a stocky bloke. But you look looks at, a lot stocker. Yeah, but then go to your Mufajon, though. True, it's, true. He, do, he is a bit crazy, though. Um, he doesn't look like he's scared of anything, ever. Um, Who, Yeah. Um, he looks like he could be related to Crazy Max. Um, just the look <laughs> in his eyes. Um but it is a bit strange. Like he, the times when I've watched Christofferson race the speed event in a combined, he hasn't looked comfortable on the longer boards. Not that he's not no, capable, but, then, no, but, then, but just in terms of if you're not confident putting those skis on and going for it, you, then you bring in the risk of injury. And, and as Marcel said, the amount of training you have to put in and then take away from something else to improve it, yeah, but he might think, you know what? Yeah, but you're gonna, gonna, the same yeah, but you're still, yeah, but you're still going to turn up and do Hinterstoder, which is a, t- a su- tough, you know, it's a tough really long. tough piece. It's really long. It's you know, it's it's a it's not an easy place to go and ski well. And he finishes eleventh. So it, what's worse has he been doing no training because he's been concentrating on all the other stuff and just rocked up and put speed skis on and come eleventh, or has he been doing some training? He just should have been doing it slightly earlier in the season. And therefore, picking up more points. I don't, you know. You know what it might be too is since the coronavirus stuff, he's realised that World Cup finals, plus the last races aren't Don't unlikely to run or potentially unlikely to run, and so he thought last minute decision. Let's just throw that in there. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad shout because there have been rumours about the, the fact that they'll um, that they were they still may may cancel the rest of the season. So there's a decision on. Uh, on Friday, whether we will run, firstly, whether we will run finals uh, at all, because they're in Italy, Italy, Cortina, Cortina. Uh, so they're deciding whether they're going to run in Cortina. Uh, and if they don't run in Cortina, they won't run at all. Um, and they're also looking at whether, literally, they just can the season from here because they're worried about being a threat, the threat of illness. For me, I feel like we should be taking it race by race basis. We should be taking the precautions that Fizz are already taking. I think the minute you, the minute you start shutting down big sporting events, this is a personal opinion. The minute you start shutting down those events, like all of a sudden you're saying that it's not safe to be in a ski resort. You've got a lot of people mm. and a lot of companies that <laughs> rely on the ski industry to to. to to live and survive so you know you all of a sudden fizz the biggest uh, company within winter sports and obviously within the winter industry saying that it's not safe to go to ski resorts all of a sudden you're affecting lots of livelihoods not just because of the world cup because you're sending a message that you shouldn't be going to ski resorts and i think that's the bigger picture that that fizz need to be aware of i'm sure they are i mean maybe they should be aware of it Hopefully they are. But I feel they like are now. Just, yeah, because they're <laughs> listening to this. Um, but you know what I mean? I feel, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about, what do you guys think about it? I think it's about the athletes and their health, but I mean, it's not really killed that many people um, of the athlete's age. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's not an easy decision to make and you always get criticised whatever decision you make. Yeah, you'll never make the right decision. Um, and it's better to do something safer than, than in hindsight do something and be like, okay, well, if I had made the other decision, I would have saved a few lives or this person wouldn't be out for a couple of months or whatever. But, well, we ran we ran it in Italy, in Latour, which we'll talk about in a minute, but they ran that. That's northern Italy on the um, west coast that's up by La Rosia, so it backs onto La Rosia. So it's in a part of Italy that doesn't have Corona, which was why Fizz took why Fizz <clears throat> went there and ran it but also they're starting to take precautions like we got issued the, the memo that's been sent around to all of like the mix zone people and and anybody on site reporting and stuff and it says um the translation's a bit ropey so I won't sort of do it word for word but it was saying basically that there is a, mi- a minimum of one and a half meters between interviewers and interviewees 
um, microphone um, caps need to be changed between interviews athletes. between athletes uh, not using the same mic for you that for the interviewer to the athlete and obviously all that sort of stuff is so they they are arranging the finish area so that you keep in this area in place so they are trying they're doing as much as they can and, and obviously you know that's all they can do really so I agree yeah I don't want to cancel anything I'm going to have nothing to talk about for the next month if they cancel all the races <laughs> exactly exactly got to keep us busy Anybody else got anything Super G related? Uh, was it Dressen who had the crash in the Super G, or was that in the combined? That was no, that was in the Super Dressen, G. Dressen in the Super and G. he uh, didn't he dislocate both of his shoulders? He was saying. He oh, so. it was enough because they, he crashed on the same gate as Kilda, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, so I think he dislocated both of, both of his shoulders. It was, um, yeah, yeah, it was a bad fall, and his, his little vest exploded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But his has, little it, crash has it got anything to do with that? Is what I'm asking. Because it didn't look like... I mean, it looked hard, crash. But it, but it, but it was look, only also on one side. You're not yeah. going to dislocate both your shoulders from that. So I'm wondering if that, that the, vest the vest had helped or potentially dislocated them. I don't know how, but... Fizz? Don't know. I mean, Fizz, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The vest... I know, I'd never skied with one of those inflatable vests. So, but obviously, your, your suit is obviously skin tight anyway. So then when you're, the vest explodes and it, it looks like it comes out I don't know, five centimetres or so. Yeah. So that's quite a lot of compression for, for your, your body, body in yeah. terms of like if you're at an odd angle and the suit explodes. I don't know. It didn't yeah. look like it was a, a huge injury. No. It, it, like a huge crash that would have caused any caused real injury yeah. like to his body. But Yeah. Um, but he got himself down the mountain okay and seemed to. So he seemed okay, but... It would make pushing out the gate a little bit more interesting. Kvitfell, Kvitfell you need to be pushing out the gate. Because it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's uh, not the flat, steepest, flat, flat, of, flat. Um, steepest of starts, but it is quite a fun one when you get there. Uh, so, should we move on to the Alpine combined? Um, Marcel, you're looking very smug over there. Um, so, uh, Pantero took the win in some style. Um, Caviezel took second place to back up the second place from the previous day in the Super G, and Kilda making up for what was obviously a disastrous Saturday in that Super G. So uh, it was a really good race. I think actually it was a really exciting race. It, I think it was the snow conditions were even more of a big draw than they were the previous day. I think that's probably safe to say. Um, but that the whole send it, the whole second run flip in terms of fastest goes first, I think has saved this Alpine combined discipline. But Pantero ominous form I mean like he was he was skiing really well on both disciplines like there were there was no one else who could who could be even close to him um, which which was good for him he like a really good weekend and he won uh, four out of six races in Hinterstoder like he won two giant slums a couple of years back as well so it seems like it's his hill um, and he had a great weekend I think today super combined and super G all of them were really good um, and so he's I think he's well deserved for him to to have those wins in the pocket yeah yeah he absolutely he absolutely smashed it didn't he because it was it was really hard once you looked at once you saw well, I mean once I saw the snow set and I realised how early he was going down you just knew that the guy was going to take full advantage of that he's in obviously great shape at the moment his mental shape physical shape and uh it's it was it was a joy to watch him skiing so well. Yeah, and and it just it deteriorated so fast after him that you just knew that the slalom specialists like uh, Mufa Jonde and Schwartz were just not going to get get anywhere close. Yeah, I think the when you look at the speed races and you see Pantero being second what was he he was second to Caviezel after the speed leg beating the likes of Kilda Jansrud Maya uh, those guys you know that 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 the bibs have had an effect like he obviously is a very talented super G skier because he came or was he fourth in the in the regular super G anyway um, so you know these talented but those then the speed guys can't get close mm. you know that you have to look a little bit more towards the, the, the external factors slightly. Yeah, and it was good to see Jansrud up there again. Yeah, he looked, um, he looked pretty good in the in the slalom actually. Yeah, especially after bib thirteen. 
You're not commenting on that. Uh, yeah, neither am I. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Caviezel has done a great job over the weekend as well. Full under the right doing really, really well in slalom and Super G anyway. Um, so I think. Well, he now leads the Super G standings, having never won a World Cup Super G. Yeah. Which I think is. Uh, How many is, seconds in. The dude's had so many podiums but yeah. in Super G, but just no World Cup win. In Super, he's obviously got a couple in downhill. <clears throat> just shows how like there there is a severe like lack of dominance in in Super G from anyone. If he's just, I mean, he's obviously been incredibly consistent to just keep picking up points. But you know, everyone else has flashed and then just had races where they're terrible. Obviously, yeah. Paris being out would could possibly have been a, a contender in there. Maybe have got some uh, a, a few more points, but. Foyt seems to not be too fast really on the Super G side. He just he just literally just win, yeah. just podium in every downhill, win most of them, and just that's actually go po- on his merry way. That's actually a point when it comes to the overall. When we're talking about Kilder, the fact that Paris hasn't been taking points, you know, Paris is usually podium in Super G. So the fact that he isn't picking up major points has meant that Kilder. like you get a bit of a bump, don't you? Do you know what mm. I mean? Like in slalom in and uh, giant slalom all the big names are there so you ha- you're not really getting any extra places or you know if you have a bad day yeah for Kilda he's like fourth or fifth in speed yeah but like, obviously Paris, with Paris. an extra guy you're you're, you're lower Paris yeah. is still third in a downhill standings he hasn't, he hasn't raced in a couple of months <laughs> I, I also idiot. think in general if you look at the whole downhill and super G and then GS and slalom it's like so much more competition in the technical disciplines. For weeks, like yeah. In, in Super G and Slalom, they're, well, in Super G and Downhill, they're mostly like same people ahead. But then in, in Subchich, he was like, he was doing all right. But then the last two races, he smashed it. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Those people can come out of nowhere, just podium. Oof, That's take. never going to happen in Super G and Downhill. Yeah, no, yeah, do Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think also it's got to be down to the fact that, of course, knowledge as well so the big guns are always they've got so much more experience than anybody else on the tough tracks that you that you get even if it's just mental you get yourself a little bit of a push a little bit of a boost but the standings are pretty close now in Super G yes mega isn't it three points between first and second and then Krikumar and second sort of 14 points or so oh no 24 points or so um, between the next position so I think Kitfell would be an interesting one for that so yeah, so potentially two Super Gs left. Of course. World Cup finals, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. All, you know, it's it's going to go down to the wire, which I think what you said at the beginning, Marcel, about how this season with so many different winners, whether it's been slalom, giant slalom, Super G, downhill, maybe not Alpine combined, because it sort of seems to still be Pantero, although we saw Maya win in Bormio. <clears throat> but it seems to be, you know, those all the disciplines on the men's side have just been fully up for grabs this season yeah then leads us on to this giant slalom that was today uh, this morning obviously with the fact that we missed they moved the program to from Friday to Sunday to Saturday to Monday because of the uh, rain that was coming down pretty heavily in Hinchstone on Friday but the giant slalom Pantero Jesus that was a masterclass from that man today uh, Zubcic in second and Christofferson managing to pick up third place. Pantero was unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable today. That first run was something else. Absolutely mega. I, I unfortunately had to go work today, so missed the... Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so obviously watch the, watch the live timing come through. What were the, what were the sets like? Because the second run... So He's miles seconds. faster. The, fir- the first run set by uh, one of the Austrians, and it was an absolute swinger. Turn. It was <laughs> brutal. Turns going back up the hill. Pretty much. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. <laughs> and, and then on, and bumpy. Yeah, and especially at the top. Yeah, so it wasn't. It was super tough. And then the second run, the Italian coach set, and he went, Do you know what? None of this. And he set like. <laughs> Don't want set, any bumps on this course. Like three just turns <laughs> and then went full hammer down. So like Luca's tired. Yeah. Set straight. So it was. Yeah, it was like 12 seconds different. I think it was, yeah. You don't often see quite that much difference. Especially the first run was so hard. It was so, like. The guys came to the bottom, and you're talking about, obviously, some incredibly 
fit athletes and pretty much everybody barring Pantro looked absolutely goosed yeah. under the bottom when you have the likes of Zad Kranchek and and Kilda coming down and looking like they've just had Kilda looked like he was like, out on his out on his feet yeah. yeah he was fully done yeah well to shift that much weight around yeah it's, it's not it's easy bulk. you're moving bulk, a lot bulk. of bulk um <laughs> But yeah, but Pantero, Jesus, he was so, he, he what, firstly, like anybody that's really good at anything, he made it look so easy. Yeah. Um, but it was just accurate, it was dynamic, it was clean, it was punchy, it was everything that you could have wanted in a giant slalom ski, and he, you know, nobody got close. Zubcic was, what, like nine tenths off of him on the, and he was in second place after the first run. Uh, it was just, it was nuts. It was, but it just brings back again the question we had from the start of the year. What's been going on with him the rest of the time where he's won a race and then been, by his standards, terrible the next couple of races and then bounced back and won again? Do you know what? I think he is head and shoulders above every single giant slalom skier on the steep. On When it's steep, not that named, man... Not named Marcel Hersher. Well, yeah, I mean, Hirsch was probably the only guy that could have got close to him on the steeps. But on the steeps, you, you look at the domination that he had in Val d'Isere, down the Fass, which is one of the hardest pieces in World Cup. And then you saw him down Hinterstoder, which is, again, you know, it's not an awful long way away from Val d'Isere in terms of its pitch and its steepness. The guy on the steeps... Solden's is, got a bit of a pitch as well, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't, where did he finish in Solden? He won, it was the first yeah, one. That was when well, he won the first race, sorry, and then yeah. that's, what oh, yeah, that's sorry, why I was putting it in there. Yeah, he was talking about steeps. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, well, there you go, back to out. Um, so, you know, on the steeps, the guy is just miles better than anybody else. When it comes to, like, the more flowing tracks where it's not necessarily about your technique on the steeps, he, you know, is in the bunch with everybody else. But on the steeps, the guy's just something else. And look fresh at the bottom. Yeah, so fit and so yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after having done the Super G and the um, combined. Just, that's great. Just uh, remind... Actually, wait, sorry. Did he re- yeah, he did, obviously. Yeah, he raced, but who else was it who looked fresh too at the bottom and hadn't raced the days before? There were some people that hadn't raced any of the any of the other days and they looked more tired than Pantero. Okay. You had people like Diali Prandini who looked absolutely exhausted... <laughs> Not just him, by the way, but the people yeah. like him or Nessel Haugen, who didn't race the other days, who looked way more tired. Pantero was like barely sweating. You know, it was a little bit like um, Roger Federer, just not sweating. So like, I've, I've barely done any work today. Um, it, yeah, it goes to show when you're getting it right, even though he's putting down all of his power and energy, yeah. that there is something about this sport that you can make it that much simpler which was quite a surprise as, as Luke mentioned with with, with uh, Jan Kranjic because normally his style you would think on a long and difficult track would, would suit him because he doesn't appear to be expending too much yeah. energy but even he looked he looked ghost so as well it shows, shows just how brutal the conditions were for people um, just just to remind you listeners in case you haven't heard about it before but Marcel's father is the technician to Alexei Pantera so it's quite interesting to hear your take on stuff what's has your dad been saying that he's just on fire at the moment what's sort of inside into what is going on how is he so fast I mean he is like I think all the stuff is working really well for him at the moment it's the skis it's his mindset it's maybe also the slopes like he has been winning on that slope before so he knew that he's really quick on it I think everything just came together this weekend he had like tougher races better races but I think those that was one of the weekends that he really was confident with himself and with the, with all the stuff. Um, so I think that's why it looked easy because like he was very efficient. He's always very efficient, um, but maybe sometimes he's holding a bit too much back um, when it comes to when he should maybe push a bit more. And I guess this weekend he was just like naturally flowing really well. Like you said, if he's won there a couple of times before, that extra confidence oh, like, yeah. really comes into Absolutely. play and you're more relaxed. Absolutely. But what I really want to point out about the GS is Zubcic because yeah. I think if people underrate him and specifically the fact that he is an animal because if you look at the splits he was uh, one point something behind on the second split and he gained time onto Pintero mm-hmm. until the finish and same in the second run and the same in Japan because those were like really long, wrong yeah. places as well and if you look back in the history of the Croatian ski teams 
they're all animals. Like, yeah. Have, Evie Tocostelich, Janet Tocostelich, they might not be the greatest skiers, technique-wise, but they, technique work, hard wise, but they work really hard. And I think that's a great example of when you work hard, you will get, you will get I something remember, out of it. I remember training a few years ago now, uh, training alongside... <laughs> um, uh, Oh, what's his name? Kostelic. Kostelic, thank you. If it's a Kostelic in uh, Innerkrems in Austria, and we were training alongside them, and we were training slaloms back when I used to try and put on the short skis when I realised you had to do too many turns, before I realised you had to do too many turns and too many runs. That, um, And he was alongside us training, but he was training with a weights vest. Yeah, 20 kilo Like 20 weights. kilo weights vest, and he was doing... You know, most training days, you will do between five and ten eight months. yeah Max. not yeah maybe 10 if if you're really you know trying to sort some stuff out um but they would consistently be training 15 20 runs every day with a weights vest just absolutely pounding and pounding and pounding away you wonder and, why he has no joints left yeah but yeah. <laughs> look how and good I, he was <laughs> and also and most of the people probably don't know where Inokrams is but they train from top to bottom which is 150 gates hey. and they, his, his dad Antje which is like an absolute legend in the ski yeah. court, uh, circuit he was setting the course on the day before and then Ivica trained there for 10-15 runs for 150 gates and that's what they did every single day and that's why they could do every single turn the same way just that consistency, that met- metronomic, just boom, 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 boom. And, and he's low-key been very, very consistent this year. Like, he's sort of similar story to Cavietso, uh, been really consistent and yeah. kind of been a bit of a dark horse. And last week's win um, and this week's second has just gone to show that he's not a one-hit wonder and that you know he can win and still keep his cool and then come second. Um, and in the overalls now he is I think third yeah he's really yeah close. in the GS yeah so what is it it's uh, Christofferson now leads by what is that six points over Alexi and then you've got 20 points back from Alexi to Zubcic and Kranjek 22 points 24 really, points really so the whole that that thing changes. is going to be it's going to be so tight I hope I hope, uh, hope Christofferson chops a couple of Space and then <laughs> Zubchik goes up. <laughs> um, do you not see him in the finish area? Again, he had like a, he, he he was standing in the finishers um like six. enclosure. Yeah, and then as soon as the next person came down, he just sprinted off. Just doesn't. He just he just doesn't get it. He just can't handle it. One of the bits, uh, Marcel, we wanted to talk to you about. One of the ones you couldn't make was how hard did your dad have to work uh, when the parallels were on? Obviously. Pantro was busy complaining the entire time. He was like, well, <laughs> for a technician, how hard is it? And how many sets do, do you know how many sets of skis they had to have ready that day? Do they have to do extra prep between the rounds? Or uh, have you not had that chat yet? I mean, I, I haven't seen that was actually the race I didn't see. Um, but I, I would assume they had like five, six pairs ready. So what they usually do is like they have one for each run, just like ready to go again. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, like skis don't work like what what you want to do like it's you can't i was really, expecting uh, more like 10 or 12 just in case yeah. on no, race it's, one it's, it's really tough yeah. right because here that he had the same thing like they had about five times as many people as pintero has for example and that's why everything was like always in line but it's really tough to always find the right ski for the right conditions but nowadays like top races expect that because they see Hirsch or they saw Hirsch did it so they want to have the same thing but it's it, this year, like, I think it, it was like a, a reality check for everyone that it's just not like winning, winning, winning all the time, yeah. that others are doing a lot to win as well. And I think that's quite good for Pintero and, and Christofferson and others to see that this is like not... It's, it's, what it is doing is making it obviously super exciting for the fans, but it's also, I imagine, dragging performances out of athletes that they didn't know they had or, and we certainly didn't know they had because you've gone from Pant, uh, from Hirscher dominating everything to then guys going well you know like Christopherson we talked about it earlier like him was he being arrogant enough to think that he was just going to pick up where where Hirscher left off and then other guys you know going well 
this is not going to happen. You know, I'm going to be the next here show. I'm going to be the guy that's going to start dominating. You just drag these performances. Everybody's just like one-upping each other by tiny margins all of the time. So I think that, you know, apart from the Austrians, I think the fact that Hirsch has gone <laughs> means that the racing is... I mean, it's so exciting to watch Hirsch, but in a different way. Now it's exciting to watch because you never know who's going to win. Whereas before, it was just exciting to watch Hirsch come up with another monumental run, some crazy recovery that you never thought possible. That was, you know, it's quite different in terms of the excitement, I think, now. Mm. Um, but what, it does, what I will have to do, much to my own annoyance is talk about the picks that we put out there on last week's episode so those of you that missed last week's episode we and we're going to do it again for this week but we put out a call for you guys to uh, tweet in email in or uh instagram in but uh, that one isn't quite as easy to do but yeah so basically to tweet or to email us with your picks for the weekend <laughs> sorry corona <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Right, get out quick. Uh, and so, yeah, we asked people to, to tweet in and to, to message in, and obviously we all got involved and did it. Uh, and annoyingly, Marcel got the most amount of points. Uh, joint with Ian Finley, who does uh, commentary on Eurosport. He's a, an ex-ski uh, cross coach. So remind, reminder for you guys, it was if you won, you had to pick one athlete for the win for each of the disciplines. Uh, you got five points if you got the call correct. If that pick was in second place, you got three points. And if that pick was in third place, you got one point. Uh, and Marcel, you picked uh, Pintero, Pintero, Pintero. Um, and so you, you did quite well on the men's side. Uh, and then you picked Brignoni for the ladies' super. Obviously, we didn't have an Alpine combined, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but yeah, annoyingly, you came away with the most amount of points you had 13 points tied with Ian Finlay uh, then third place was Malcolm Erskine of the British Ski Academy fame uh, so I think we probably all apart from Marcel skied with Malcolm at some point through our uh, ski racing careers if you like uh, and Malcolm came up and he was in 11 uh, had 11 points in third place well how done. did you do it uh, I did um, I did really well <laughs> Actually, Luke and I did equally well. Okay. <laughs> so you can't throw just me under the mic. I'm going to hold on to last weekend. I mean, your name's on the podcast, so you know, um, I'm happy to throw you, you under what, the How many points did you get, Ben? Oh, you, you, you actually did all right. I was mid, I was <laughs> mid of the pack. You were yeah. mid-table. You were, pushing, you were pushing for Europa League status. <laughs> and uh, Luke, relegation zone. <laughs> Luke, Luke and I got relegated. How many points was that? Uh, I, I got one. Luke and I both got one point. I got stitched up by Kilda falling over because he definitely would have won the Super G, putting it out there. Perhaps. Um, uh, and then Kilda came to my rescue because I picked him for the Alpine combined and he ended up in third. Uh, so, yeah, anybody that picked Pantero obviously did well. Um, so, yes, that happened. Uh, <laughs> and I hope it's not going to happen again. But we will be doing again, the same again, so we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, a bit further down the line and that will lead us on to we'll make that quite quick as as I was so rubbish uh, <laughs> next time you will know it'll be longer if I've done well um, but we'll talk about the ladies super G over in the Tuile Italy uh, in the Aosta Valley where there are no reported corona issues up there which was why we still ran the race they limited the amount of spectator tickets that they sold for the grandstand it was still pretty busy if you looked on the tv there were still quite a few people there but it was it was all in all pretty good they had a load of snow come down they worked really really hard cleared a load of it off the snow the actual peace conditions were really good um uh and nina ortlieb picked up her first ever world cup win uh, Brignoni was in second, just one hundredth behind, and then Karine Souter was in third, just seven hundredths back from Ortlieb winning. And another surprise was uh, Petra Vlahova actually picking up fourth place, so making a good push for the overall. But I think in general that was a pretty tough race, tough conditions in terms of peace conditions. It was quite steep over for the girls in the tour, but what a race and actually Nina Ortley picking up her first win and giving the Austrian crowd something to cheer about yeah I think she has done she's done really well um, I've known her for a while actually and um, because she 
grew up in the same area and her dad is a very ski, famous ski racer in Austria as well. Yeah, what's, what's, it, what's his nickname? Um, I think they call him the fastest drifter. <laughs> you think they call him the fastest drifter? <laughs> but he's Olympic champion, so he was probably a very fast drifter. <laughs> um, but no, uh, jokes aside, um, she had a really tough time over the last couple of years, had about five really bad injuries. Um, so I think she has well deserved that win and she has she has skied really well as you said it's a tough hill I have skied there I'm not sure if you have before no, no. it is it is very challenging I think uh, Brinoni was actually pretty she came across the line was quite sort of happy with seconds you know giving it and then like you know the sort of finger and thumb small margin sign sort of thing in the finish area and quite smiley, quite happy. And then as the sort of race continued, because she was down bib seven, as the race continued, she got more and more annoyed. The fact that it was 100th in the finish area, she was getting quite like... She did let out quite a big, a big kind of exasperated yell just as they went away from her smiling. You could you could hear it in the background <laughs> on the, on the, uh, on the uh, stream that I was uh, watching on. Um, and... Then they showed her like throwing her poles around as well yeah. a little bit afterwards. I was like, I've got a bit of Christofferson about it. But <laughs> when when you're one hundredth from winning uh, oh, a race at, at, on home snow, you can you can see why that's frustrating. And to be honest with you, when I first switched on, I I I'd just been out running because the skiing had started. And first of all, I thought they'd changed the program and it was a GS. It was so tight that Super G. <laughs> I was just, I'm used to watching like quite big expanses between the, between the gates for Super G and I was like, wow, that's, that's really tight. You could see why it was quite a bumpy ride for a few people, like you're saying, steep and, and narrow in, in some patches. Um, but it was, I thought it was some really good racing going on. Like you said, really good to see uh, Vlahova uh, putting an effort in and it might well have been something that other people had thought of as well because my uh, number one favourite pick for the podcast Tessa yes. raced as well yeah maybe she I was got very surprised I must have seen that that's a GS yeah maybe she'll <laughs> give me a beer she uh, would have gone wind of the fact that it was set like a giant slalom and gone yeah I'll have a go at that yeah she actually did quite she did you know she picked did, up some 19, yeah. 19 yeah she did pretty well I'm surprised you didn't pick her sure you I didn't been. know she would have been racing you, you, I'm sure you, <laughs> you would have done otherwise but yeah what did you make of it Luke it was uh, uh, looking at the results pretty pretty close up there uh, between first and third early 700s which is always Interesting to watch. Quite a lot of Swiss up there. One, two, three, four, five in the top 12. So that's good. And then Tina, Tina's back. Where are they? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, she is. How long has she been back for? Well, she, she, is, she won the one and only Super G that's ever been raced in the tour before. Um, ah. So she's had a pretty average season, I think. That's It's very fair to say. I think she's ranked like 19th in Super G oh, standings okay. or something something stupid so she um you know we're talking about home snow talking about you know the fact that it's nice that she's uh you know picking up points and and all of that sort of stuff but we um we saw what was you know some brilliant racing and i'm it's always nice to see somebody new come onto the podium and somebody fresh to come in and actually give this a real shot at uh, you know winning and what it has done is meant that the fact that we had an Alpine combine cancelled the following day, again, bucketed down with snow, all of a sudden there was too much, uh, too much snow on the course to make it safe. Not only, I mean, it's, it's one thing to sweep it off the line, it's two to sweep it off like crash zones. And if too much comes down, you can't do anything about it because also the surface underneath becomes really soft and it becomes dangerous. So they cancelled the Super G, the Alpine combine, excuse me, on the Sunday which handed Frederica Brianoni her first ever Crystal Globe in the Alpine Combined Discipline. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, the Super G standings go down to the wire. The ladies have now got uh, one Super G left, which is at World Cup Finals. As long as those go ahead, you've got Corinne Suter looking to pick up her second globe after coming away with a downhill globe which we've discussed about before so she's what 19 points behind uh, Suter is 19 points in front of Brunoni so that's making that exciting in terms of uh, of battles for the for the um, crystal globe in the super G disciplines but Brunoni is now over 150 points in front of Schifrin who's obviously 
I think it's probably so to say not is is unlikely to come back the rest of the season. Obviously, we understand why. Um, but she's oh, what is she? Just um, under two points, uh, two hundred points uh, in front of Petra Blahova. But we have got not next weekend because the tech race has got cancelled from Oshkoshwang, which is next weekend. But the weekend after that, they're racing slalom, parallel slalom, and giant slalom in Aro before final. So you'd think that Vlahova, in theory, is going to pick up more points than Brianoni, but is it going to be enough to, to pull the globe back? And it'll be the first ever Italian woman's overall globe, if, if Brianoni is it. If. Which is crazy. That Do you think, crazy. Don't you think that's yeah. a crazy stat? That no Italian that, woman has ever won I mean, overall? Italians have always been so good, especially on the man's side. Never... Never won the globe. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm That's trying to think of who was winning when Deborah Compagnoni was at her peak because she had a few years. She certainly had a year where she was double Olympic champion. Um, so that Ray season, Schneider maybe. Yeah, or, or, probably, probably a really fast Austrian. Uh, well, she's, she's, <laughs> she yeah. was Swiss. Yeah, she's Swiss. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, you had uh, Gertrude. And you had uh, Anita Wachter. Yeah. So you had. Is in fact that's a pretty impressive lot of races from <laughs> that year, that era, and you got. Uh, Denise Carbon and those guys but she was obviously Carbon was just a giant slalom skier wasn't she yeah. memory serves me correctly so uh, yeah what a crazy stat that's going to be if that happens but I mean it looks likely in reality especially as we're losing t we've lost these two tech races from next weekend's calendar um, but again really nice to see that the, like Petra Verhova's fans Frederica Brianoni's fans as well as both of those two ladies have been talking about the fact that they would love um, Michaela to come back because obviously they don't. It's uh, Schifrin was winning by quite a long way before before the horrific passing of her father, so they don't want this to be just because Schifrin wasn't there. They would like her, you know, to come back and battle it out. She's still got a chance to win, but I don't think she's gonna. I, I really don't think she's gonna be back. But um, but I think it's. You know, it's I like the fact that we are. It's you know, it's open, so open, and the lady side as well. Yeah, and also from that super G, uh, again, still showing everyone how it's done. Uh, Ledesca coming from thirtieth. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if her points were particularly good. I, I, I was surprised know, as to I'm why she was there. I, she was I waited so until back. she came down to see if there was any comment from the uh, commentary, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't mentioned. It was just said this is going to be the last possible challenge to the to the lead uh, and she went from 30th into into sixth place yeah well she was really my pick for the um she was my pick for the win actually because I, th I didn't realize that she was starting so far back i don't understand why she was starting so far back you know it's quite refreshing looking at looking at all the stats isn't it there are so many people that haven't been in there before a long time or yeah. have never been in there yeah, I mean, Ledetska's down in 21st place in the standings. Um, she had she, outstanding season so far. Yeah, but maybe it's just been in... Maybe I just got a bit sort of distracted the fact that it was more downhills than it was Super G, so maybe that's why, you know, she had bid 30, and especially on a so, those sort of soft conditions, because it was softer because of that snow. So, you know, to do... To come in sick from bid 30 when it was, you know, everybody else on the podium, you know, the three ladies on the podium were... Uh, five six and eight bib i think or something like that they were certainly under 10 and so to be able to still do that was pre pretty impressive that was for sure well let's talk a little bit about the the possibility that they're going to cancel the season what do you guys what are your guys thoughts on the fact that corona might be impacting what we're up to this year well as we talked about marcel it's a bit frustrating that one of the reasons why they would cancel it is because the TV staff might be banned yeah. from their respective companies from travelling so yeah. then if there's the no TV then there's that. no event and then can they well they yeah, can yeah it's not just about the coaching just no. about the athletes is it that's a, that's a very valid point so they point. might end up cancelling it not because of the risk of the virus to athletes but because of the TV situation yeah, but if you look at it, um, every company has a responsibility towards like their staff, oh, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. And if I would be the boss of Infront, and I would send my people in to North Italy, it might not happen. They might not get anything. But if someone does, you're responsible for it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not sure if I would take that risk to be honest. Um, in the end, we all want to see sports, and we all want to 
see going forward mm. but no one wants to have like someone being infected and pro- being seriously ill after this it's just sport in the end isn't it yeah yeah but at the same time how do you you know the reality is where do you I don't know I'm not sure if it, how to say it without <laughs> offending people but how do you go about what do you do just shut down and not go and not do anything like at some point surely this is, but if it's as infectious as that as it claims to be in terms of you know you can almost walk past somebody in the street and catch it and you can pass it on to people without even knowing that they've got it for two weeks before they go and infect everybody with it you know surely this is going to it's not going to stop racing it's going to going to work up finals is not going to stop corona yeah you know the fact that we don't go isn't going to mean that you know if it's going to surely if it's as bad as they say it's going to be you know it's going to be on the tube it's going to be in the city you know and by the time once it gets onto the tube you're you know everybody's going to get it because nobody's going to know that they've got it until it's too late <laughs> Marcel's already covering so, his mouth so you, hey, you I'm not going on a tube tomorrow morning but you know what I mean all of yeah. a sudden how do you you know wh- wh- where do you draw the line do you not believe do you because do you not leave the house because you might get it I mean maybe I'm being yeah. too blase about it and, and I think everyone's just got to do their part and, and make the right decision for them and their company so I think it'll but you're right where do you draw the line it's not an easy decision to make no I, I, thankfully it's not the decision we're going to have to make but I mean I mean it'd be easy if I was making it I'd just be like boom raise let's go if you want to go go if you don't want to go don't go Bruce or no I'd just be like everyone let's do this let's have some ski racing um, <laughs> maybe we should just do it indoors I think I could ring up the Hemel Snow Centre and they would happily take no, it no I don't think you would get many people of the athletes racing World Cup finals no no but Hemel. if you just went you know what like we can sterilise this environment there's no corona in here we're racing in Hemel Snow Centre it's too cold for corona Dave World Cup final slower winner yeah. <laughs> he would definitely win he would definitely win maybe we can maybe we can uh, invite uh, John Franco Casper for the next podcast and uh, ask him what he yeah, thinks yeah see what he thinks should I send him a message well if you've got the hotline to the head office not, I don't but we can find out yeah so well let's hope that happens uh, I mean I hope it happens anyway I obviously don't hope anyone gets coronavirus but I hope that we can carry on racing and we can find a solution should we move on to some predictions predictions because we've only got one set of races this weekend because there's no ladies racing as we've talked about off the Schwang in Germany has been cancelled not due to corona it is due to the fact that there is no snow uh, so much to the German team's annoyance, actually, they, they made a call a few weeks ago um, to cancel it, and they haven't rescheduled it, which I think is a bit harsh. But obviously, we're running out of time towards the end of the season. Where do you fit? We've had to reschedule a lot of races this year. Yeah, There's probably been more reschedules this year than I can remember in, in quite a while. They were quite a lot cancelled early on. Um, now there's getting with you know China getting cancelled and all those kind of things. Just there seems to be yeah. Just I mean, I get so what, many. Yeah problems this year for uh, the organisers to have to contend with they've had races get put on where we said should they have raced there's been other ones where you know it's just not been great conditions yeah. and I just I feel a bit sorry for the you know the, the winter sports uh, community as a whole it's been a really tough year for everyone to find any kind of rhythm I thought we were going to get a really good bumper year this year because I was in uh, Hintertooks in November and there was so much snow I was like yes this is going to be one of those years where we're going to get loads of snow. It's going to be epic. And then it just got warm. It just got warm from January. Yeah, on. this this year was, was really tough. But then, as Ben said, like it's so unpredictable. One day you have no snow, and the other day you have about three metres of snow. Yeah, it's difficult. But, so we are racing in um, Kvitfell, Kvitfell, Norway. So it's, Mugs away. Pardon? Mugs away. The two lowest scorers go first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh. yeah. The relegated <laughs> athletes, yeah, that's us. Um, so we are racing a Super G and downhill over there. It, it can be weather affected, but mostly due to wind as opposed yeah. to like lack of snow. Exposed, so the top is exposed. But if you don't race from the top, it's a real tuck fest. Mm. And so I think it's really difficult. Uh, it's not as exciting a race if you don't run from the very top. So I'm hoping that we will. Uh, let us uh, start picking. Is it downhill first? Yeah. So downhill on Saturday, Super G on Sunday. Luke, as yeah. you and I were most rubbish. Losers. Okay. Uh, no, not winners. <laughs> Do you- 
Everyone's maybe maybe there. we shouldn't call this out, but did anyone who send in a submission get zero points? Uh, so no, so the worst except, people on, if someone on was the whole good enough set, to get zero, then no, we the, take, they might. The get worst a people doing the whole thing were just me and Luke. By far, no, no. <laughs> it was really, really close. It was really close. So um, it, we were just unlucky, Luke. We yeah, unlucky, yeah. We? yeah. You see, I was under the impression that you could pick top three. No, don't give me that. Well, don't give me that. It's well, one one pick. This one pick, right? One pick for me for downhill. Yes. Uh, beat foot. You're going for foots. Foots. Uh, yeah. I think that. Yeah, that's probably uh, Sens- sensible. Very I sensible. think. Uh, I think it obviously it takes a glider and kick feel. Uh, a big boy can push hard at the start, and someone who's good at tucking and gliding. So yeah. Okay. He's my pick. I like that. I am going to say uh, Maya. Matthias Meyer for Ooh. me. Last year's third place. Oh, you look at him. He's got, he's got four <laughs> stats. What other stats have you got for us? Uh, that's just for me. <laughs> uh, ben, as you were our second place out of us lot. Have we heard any more on Kilda's knee injury? Is he going to be all oh. right to race? Uh, well, uh, he, 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 will, he will definitely be racing. Oh. There's no way that he's... He, he, I think he'd race on one leg. So you guys have picked him. I said for to. downhill, I put I put kill down. It's like a Norwegian on home snow. I mean, if if Jansrud hadn't been so inconsistent the last couple of years, I probably would have said him. But so, I I had Kilda, so I get my get my first pick. So you're gonna go Kilda? Yeah. Okay. There can only be two winners wait, up there. Wait. So you you when when we said that that you were gonna pick last, you were like I don't care. So you obviously are picking somebody that's maybe slightly left field because you didn't weren't worried that we were going to pick him no you know what there are two people who always quicken and quit feel it's Jansrud and Kavitzel because they both are very very solid soft gears so I'm going to pick Jansrud Jansrud okay I picked the wrong wrong Norway yeah Yeah, that's for downhill (laughs) yeah yeah, so yeah yeah. Mm. yeah okay on to the super giant slalom super um, uh, Jan Drufer. No, that was. I was oh, that sucks to suck. Uh, I should, you know, we got we were equally bad. Yeah, I um, should let you go first. Sorry. Yeah, that would have been nicer, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, who, after 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 the insight that Marcel's just given you, though, surely. Uh, <laughs> hey, can, we, can we make a little wager too? What do you want? Beers on whoever loses. Can we retrofit that? It's too late. Um, sure, sure. Uh, as long as they're, as long as you don't mind, like tin can Fosters from <laughs> tinnies. <laughs> from, I'll, I'll take a tinny. Not even the big ones as well. Just a little oh, stubby ones. Uh, um, so, you, so yeah, your pick of Caviezzo is that? I don't, I'm not sure if Caviezzo is gonna. He's leading the standings as well. Yeah, I know. I know. I I really did think that. Yandred's going to do it on home snow when the pressure's on. So I feel like I'm... Oof, I just don't know. Uh, I am going to go... The, I'm going to go... Oh, I don't want to go Kilda. I think Kilda might try too hard. When you're ready, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just we do normally, oh, we're going to start with the country and just whittle it down. <laughs> I'm just going to go Norway again. Um, I am going to say Kilda. Sod it. I'm going for him. I think Norwegian. It's going to be Norway in the Super G. Benjamin, are you going to go caveats or are you going to let him go caveats? No, he can go caveats if he wants. Oh, I had Maya, so both my picks made it to my Ooh. round both times. So I've got Kilda and Maya. We're basically swapping picks for the two days. Okay. I go with... Um, He's going to go for somebody totally different. Are you going to go, no way! Yes, I do. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not He's having tiny. that. tiny. I'm absolutely not having that. It's like the gliders of gliders course. You're, it, it, you, it doesn't matter. Do you just want to give us a beer Who's going to set the course? Do you know that? Is is it going to be a French coach? Because then it's going to be a, a very turny course, that's for sure. It'll be a really turny, flat super G. Oh, <laughs> They're going to be there for like five minutes watching. It, it doesn't matter. He's a, he's a good glider no. as well. No way. Well... There you go. I'm, I can't I mean, wait for my Part of me wants him to win just so that we can replay this little clip of you going, no, 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 over again. He's going to bite just... me in the backside. I'm not alone here, am I, guys? Oh, I was, wasn't that objecting Wait, to are it. you upset that he's picked him again? Or are you upset? No, that... no, because I picked him three times and I had... The guys, the guys just literally said like one name and won the, won the picks. <laughs> well, literally next season you could just say his 
him for every race. And well, we, if probably... it gets that good, then we're just going to have to take Pantera out, like we used to take uh, we <laughs> used to and take Hersher. Yeah. Hersher out of it. So um, if you get if Pantera becomes that good, he, that's it. But do you think he's got a shot then? No. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked him for the outright win. But you know, Marcel's got his. his Knows the man doing his skis. Right. You Luke, know, so. Come on, Luke. Would you... I, I wouldn't have picked it. I, it, it. It's a. I think it's a course for a big guy. You're just trying to drag uh, us all down with you. So yeah. we win. <laughs> like, right, you two have both been on you recording saying hello. Well. I mean, it's yeah. bold. I mean, it's quite funny. I've put a lot of doubts in all of your heads now. <laughs> which, yeah, which you I come do, out and said, oh, the, soft, enjoy, the soft skiers, you know, the guys with a light touch are going to be the ones to do it. And you go, Pantero, giant, <laughs> giant slalom skier on, on one of the flattest super G's that there is yeah cool I, I mean if we're, say, if we're saying gliders and flat then could could Foyt make an appearance in yeah. super G and you know I think Foyt wouldn't have been you know, a Luke, Luke picking him from the for, for the uh, downhill leg that could have been a good good option if you look into the super G standings guess yeah. who is on 8th position so it's like it's not it's not a, fl- a fluke that he was like on no. the 4th position he was like 4th 4th 6th 9th and Kidsville Kidsville is Flat as well, at least. I just look forward to yeah. beers on you. I'm really hopeful that the beers are on you. <laughs> I want you to go get the smugness of winning this week's thing to the. You can come and be relegated for, with us. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lose with the answer. That's for sure. I have, I have the answer. Yeah, I do have. Did I not say to throw the down as well? <laughs> yeah, but well, do you think is um, will Alexi? Race downhill. I don't know. I generally don't know. If he's but, picking, up, he's looking for points. He must do. It's not. It's not scary look, downhill. Realistically, it's not scary if, downhill. If you look at the whole situation, and they actually gonna cancel the last two races or the la the final races, they might gonna cancel Kranskogor as well because it's really close to northern Italy. Um, you never know how the situation is gonna involve. This is like the la- Those are could be the last two races, right? Yeah. Mm. Does he even then, have downhill skis? <laughs> Maybe my old ones. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's like, yeah, I think I've got to set it down. <laughs> it's, it's Kilda has like a really tough situation now because he needs to, like he's 20 points behind. Fair enough. He has two of his races, but he needs to perform both of them because if he's not overtaking Pintero now, he's never going to win it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to, he's got to leave. He's got to leave this weekend in the leading leader. He has to. Otherwise by, he's not going to win. By at least, I don't know. You've got to say at least 50 points. Yeah, like there is a Kranskogora GS where he might score a bit, but Kranskogora Pintero won before, he won the slalom there before, there might be another slalom, there yeah. might be the we final, might be racing two slaloms their finals, the like the ball is, like, it's a good position for Kilda because if he overtakes him and they cancel it, he will win it, but if he's not going to overtake yeah, could definitely, the Norwegians going to be waiting for Kvitfeld to be over and then cancelling, lobby, lobbying oh, for pro- Probably the Norwegians going to put some coronavirus on the last day of just gonna sprinkle it. <laughs> Starting spraying it around with one of those like weeding hoses. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, you know, it's, maybe Christophers even do the downhill. Who knows? Well, if he's that would just be funny. Throwing on the super, <laughs> that would be really he's just fun. throwing on the super. Yeah, because uh, Alexi's leading the overall standings by what is that twenty four points over Kilda, and you've got. A hundred or is it ninety ninety three point ninety seven points between Christofferson and Pantero, so it's it's not a lot. But you'd think that you almost think that Christofferson is probably out of it because only surely only one of these it's got to be between the speed guy and the tech guy, right? I don't I see mean, how if they do all the races, Christofferson still has a great chance. Like they all have a good chance still mm. because. Transcogora is a good race for Christophen as well. If you yeah. look into like the the fights he had with Hirscher down that mountain, so I think if all goes like planned, then I think it's still very very open early days to decide. Yeah, I think it's going to be close, and I think Pantero is. Pr- I think he's going to put, stick on some downhill skis. Um, potentially. I well, mean, he'll, certainly, he has, he'll certainly do the training runs. I mean, he, he has to do them anyway, right? Because you wanna you wanna get like test track to, time. test the track. But he has done he has done downhills in in Wengen. Like he's he's not bad. He's like still make he probably could still make it into top thirty. Maybe not in Kvitfield, but in general he could do. Why not in Kvitfield? 
It's, it's quite flat, isn't it? <laughs> but we're, about to, we're about to race to Super G. You just told me that he's quite good yeah, at but the flats in Super G. But, but, but I mean, look at it. Like downhill in Super G, you can't compare. You can't compare that. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe he's going to win. You know what? I if can't he, wait for if he wins, if he wins the downhill, he will be one of the few races winning all the disciplines. He won a Super G. There's no way he's winning the downhill in Kvipel. No way. No way. No way. Bears on it. All right, seriously. Yeah. Bears on no it. There's no way. I'm, I'm not gonna just I'm going to change my pick here, actually. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go yeah. Take your no if he's racing. There's no uh, way that he can win the downhill. No he's chance. Not, he's not I don't like, think so. He has definitely like more than 80 kilos. Yeah, but there's no way he's going to win the downhill, Kurtpel. A little soft touch on the ski. Shut up. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> no chance. Right, you just winding me up now. Right, that's it. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so uh, again, guys, get your picks in to us by Thursday lunchtime. Thursday at 12 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time, UK time, 12 o'clock on Thursday to have your picks in. Because um, then I think, I think. You know, unless you're watching live timing and seeing the first like five guys, you won't have a chance to look at the uh, training run results for for the uh, first of the training run. So yeah, get the picks in by twelve o'clock Thursday. The email address is theskiracingpodcast at gmail or you've got uh, Twitter, which is at theskiracingpo one. <laughs> I don't know why it's shortened it. Uh, maybe it's just too many letters. So at theskiracingpo one. Uh, for Twitter. Uh, That is all we've got time for. Goodbye for now. Thanks, guys.